Why choose a Sleep Number Smart Bed? Because no two people sleep the same. Only the Sleep Number Smart Bed lets you each choose your individual firmness and comfort your Sleep Number setting. The Climate 360 Smart Bed is so smart, it actively cools or warms up to 13 degrees on either side for your ideal sleep temperature. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Special Edition Smart Bed, plus free home delivery when you add an adjustable base. Ends Monday. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. To find a store near you, visit sleepnumber.com. On this week's episode, I talk with Gretchen Salyer, a mom of three and the founder and CEO of the June Care Company. We talk about the current childcare crisis, why it's so hard for moms to ask for help, and a safe solution to finding quality childcare that is flexible, affordable, and accessible. There's this concept that I love called allo parenting. Have you heard of this? No, I haven't. So it's a it's a kind of prehistory term, but it's this idea that you know really the way that we're raising kids today, super isolated in these little like nuclear families, is not really how we're supposed to be raising kids. And I think we see that in terms of just you know how isolating moms are feeling in particular, and particularly stay at home moms. This concept of allo parenting is really refers to how communities used to raise children. So an alloparent is a non-parental adult figure who, technical term, aids in the breeding of children in the community. Hi, and welcome to the Parentologist Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Kim. The Parentologist Podcast is a show about everything parenting with a therapeutic twist. Each episode focuses on a variety of relatable topics, including parenting, family, children, relationships, mental health, and pop culture. Hear from a variety of medical professionals, psychological experts, authors, celebrities, and other parents with inspiring stories. You'll feel like you're in the same room with your friends getting all of your questions answered. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll learn, and you'll have fun. Gretchen, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I've been looking forward to talking to you for so long, and I'm excited we finally have the opportunity to talk today. Kim, thank you so much for having me. It is just such a delight to meet you. Absolutely. Well, let's let's just dive in because I want to talk about some recent articles that I know probably a lot of parents have been reading in the fact that the U.S. is facing a growing childcare crisis. It's real. It's happening. The pandemic made it even worse. Um, I mean, in just some of the statistics I've been reading recently is that the pandemic estimated about 20% of child care centers um, being shut down and that one in four parents reported being fired just last year alone because of a continuing breakdown of child care for their kids. So there is a child care crisis. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that is. So I I think it's so interesting because the pandemic, I agree, it really highlighted uh, the childcare crisis. The reality is, as you know, this is a systemic crisis that existed long before the pandemic. But during the pandemic, we finally globally experienced what it means to have your childcare disappear. And it's terrible. (laughs) It's really bad. Very disruptive. Um, But you know, this has been happening for more than half of American families for a long, long time, where we have had less than half of the childcare seats needed to meet the demand for childcare. And the person that typically impacts in a family is the mom. So that is just still true. 
Uh, it's typically the mom who is going to take a step back in her career, or she's going to try to take the part-time job or try to find something more flexible so that she can fill in those gaps. And that is uh, that is a burden um, that we're seeing over and over again. And, and yes, it got worse during the pandemic. And unfortunately, you know, access to childcare is directly, directly correlated to access to income. So most American families need two incomes in order to have financial security. And so then you add in the stress of now, you know, now we've lost part of our income. That is going to put stress on the parent themselves, on their relationship, even on the kids. You know, kids, as you know, you know, kids are not immune to feeling that stress. And it's it's really at the end of the day, it it is a supply issue. And so I think we have to think really differently. And I actually didn't know that stat about the number of parents who've been fired over childcare issues, but it brings up the fact that we have to think really differently about our work culture too. So I, uh, prior to being a full-time mom and now kind of being a startup from home mom, I worked in big tech and pre-pandemic, I remember sitting around a lot of executive tables and looking around and thinking, okay, I am the only one here with young kids whose partner is not fully at home caring for those kids. And that is because of the the structure and, and how corporations were set up and often still are set up. They really assume workers having either no kids or having that full-time support at home. And I think the gift of the pandemic is we did see just more awareness around that across the board from men and from women and from corporations. You know, now there is more opportunity for hybrid schedules or even flexible schedules, which is, I think, a really, really positive change in the right direction. And I think there's more we need to do there. That's a really positive change. The issue is we haven't really changed our systems and infrastructure to adjust. So we're still seeing a real deficit in childcare resources, especially childcare flexible childcare resources to handle kind of this shift that we need to make in terms of work schedules. Yeah, and I agree. And I was telling you this before we started recording that I work in the home now most of the time. Um, I have a couple of clients I see in private practice throughout the week, sprinkled here and there. Um, but prior to that, I worked outside the home and I dropped mm-hmm. my son off because he wasn't old enough to go to preschool. So he was at a, a daycare and then my daughter was at a preschool. And I remember the the daycare provider telling me, you know, your schedule's too conflictual, uh, even though it was a home daycare, you know, she yeah. said that you you can't come here anymore because I only needed, you know, a couple hours on a Monday morning and then maybe a couple hours on a Tuesday afternoon because it just went from when I saw the children that I was seeing in my private practice. And it, it wasn't consistent, like, you know, eight to five, Monday through Friday, you know, like, Right. Maybe a normal job. I don't know. But um, but <laughs> right. it was too, it was too hard for her to have such a – there was no flexibility, I guess is what I'm saying. And it was really hard. And then all of a sudden I had to scramble. You said the burden was on me and I had to scramble to try and find another means of childcare, which you know mm-hmm. I guess helped me create more of my own business. You know, because I was like, well, if I'm my, my own boss, I can make the rules. I can, I can, you know, say when I work and where I work and, you know, but it's, it was a lot of work. And even though I work from home now, it's hard to get work done when my kids are there. So yeah, it's, yeah. I still need help, even though I have a very flexible schedule and work from home. So um, just, I can relate to that, the flexibility, you know, not being there. And then the affordability. I don't want to talk about that for a minute because 
I know I've talked to so many parents over time saying, well, I can't really afford childcare. I have to work to afford childcare. I might as well just stay home and not work because it costs so much to send my child to childcare. Um, which I want to talk about the three main challenges in finding childcare. So we talked about the flexibility. Obviously, there's affordability, um, accessibility, and then the quality of care. Obviously, as a mom, it's hard, hard for you yeah. anyone. Um, to trust someone else raising your child, especially if it's an infant, a toddler, preschool. But I don't think it, it matters. But when they're those little, little young years, it's hard to have anyone trust. So I think the quality of care is also a challenge that people face when it comes to, um, you know, trusting someone with their child. So what are your thoughts on those challenges as well? Yeah, gosh, Kim, there's so much there to unpack. Um, yes, because there is, there's, you know, just there's also the flexibility, right, which you just brought up, and and then there's the supply demand issue, right, which we need to talk about. But there's flexibility in terms of changing work schedules and also, you know, trying to make work uh, work better with life. But then there's also, you know, you and I have kids who are getting into that elementary school age, then they start to have after school activities. There's just flexibility as your kids grow up. Yes. And their needs change. And then now they're in school until three. And then what do you do after three o'clock? And we just haven't adjusted. We haven't adjusted any of our systems to really handle how life works. And again, it kind of goes back to this expectation that there is someone who is fully available in the home to care for the kids, which is just honestly not the reality and, and not even possible for a lot right. of families. But yeah, so the, the main challenge with childcare, it is a little bit of a tale as, as old as time, is there's not enough and it's too expensive. There's not enough and it's too expensive. And this, so I was an economics major uh, at college, but you don't have to be an economics major to understand this. When you have more demand than you have supply, often you see the cost of the supply increase and you see the supply be able to be more constrained, right? So you think about daycare centers, um, nannies, childcare workers, they want a reliable schedule and a reliable income. Daycare centers want the full schedules because they're also trying to run a business or earn a salary. And to me, this has been, this is the crux of the childcare challenge is, or childcare crisis. We have, we talk about it one-sided, in my opinion. We talk about, well, there's not enough childcare and it's too expensive. It's true. But we forget who is providing the childcare. You know, these are also people and and they're people who have chosen to do this very important work are often still very underpaid <laughs> despite True. how expensive childcare is. And and it feels like a very insurmountable challenge. And and this is kind of what struck me um during the pandemic, you know, watching my friends really struggle with their childcare disappearing, trying to work full time often trying to facilitate virtual schooling, which is a podcast oh, yeah. on itself. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about those to... days, but yeah, that was a whole <sighs> other whammy, right, in our mom mom schedules. <laughs> oh my gosh, the PTSD, right? Like even if school's <laughs> out for a day, you're like, oh no, oh no. Yeah, I've been trying to block um, that part out, but yeah, that's it was a huge challenge. It's a huge challenge. And, and that is, so this company, June Care, that I founded during the pandemic, it really is trying to address this problem of how do we create higher quality childcare 
more of it. So how do we increase supply? And then how do we make that supply accessible to families who need it in a way that works for families? And you know what the answer was? It was moms. It was just like, okay, let's take the person who is handling this stress on both sides, whether it's you're a stay-at-home mom and you would like to or need to contribute financially to your family, but you cannot afford childcare, right? To go get the the flexible job or the part-time job or the hourly job. Because if you go get that job, then you have to pay for childcare. And often you come out economically upside down. Absolutely. In that equation. And so instead we... I thought, and now, you know, many of us are thinking, you know, this is real work. I mean, to be a stay-at-home mom, I like to say full-time mom. Oh, I like uh, that. I was a full-time mom for three years, and part of that was pandemic. But my goodness, the self-startedness it takes, you know, you are part therapist, you're a nurse, you are an entertainer, you're a teacher, (laughs) you're a driver, like you're wearing so many hats. And it, it can be relatively thankless. It can be super isolating. And you don't feel like you're contributing to your family, really, because you're not contributing to that family balance sheet. And so the whole point of June Care, so we are connecting families looking for childcare with local families who can care for their kids, is how do we unlock that supply of high quality care work for these moms or to make it accessible to neighbors, to local families? who can then use that child care, can pay for that child care so that they're getting the child care they need. It's super high quality. It's low parent to child ratio or caregiver to child ratio. And we're affording stay-at-home moms an opportunity to earn money doing what they're already doing, which is very important work. So I just, I did not mean to get into the whole solution there, Kim, but it is such a problem. And I, I think often when I read articles about the childcare crisis and I hear people talk about it, you know, we only talk about the problem from the families needing childcare's perspective, which is a huge problem. But we haven't yet figured out how to actually make more childcare available that people can afford that's really high quality. And that's what I think we can do in a model like June Care. Yes, I 100% agree. And I'm glad you brought it up because I wanted, you know, to to kind of set the stage up to talk about all the challenges that are there because I think so many moms specifically can relate to that as we discussed. And then, you know, I always like going to the solution like, okay, well, what can we do about it? Because, totally. you know, I, I even just think of, you know, when I walked into a child care center once um, years ago, and I remember there was just kids everywhere and it just seemed like pure chaos. And I was like, is anyone watching that child in the corner over there or <laughs> that child, in, you know, over on that side who's, you know, putting mud in someone else's hair or whatever it was like, there was just so much going on. And I thought, oh, I, I didn't want to do that because I, I wanted my child to be seen and, and, and cared for in a much quieter, you know, environment that, you know, he was going to be noticed. Um, and then I think about just, I know we didn't talk about this yet, but you know, talking about when the child is sick, who stays mm. home and how does that work if you're, you know, if you have a job to go to and um, you only have so many sick days, you know, when you, when you sign on a contract and you're salaried and, um, you know, or what about Christmas break or summer oh break or spring break? All the breaks. There's right? so many breaks. Even just the, <laughs> the Monday holidays, like Memorial Day or, you know, <laughs> President's Day or something like those, those are real challenges that, you know, I remember being a huge challenge for me when I worked outside the home and even work inside the home. You know, when you're home on Zoom calls all day, let's say working in your home office and your kids are running around in the background or screaming, you know, you might need a few hours to hold your meetings while your child's being cared for by someone else. So 
Um, I'm so glad you mentioned your company, June Care, that you created, um, as you mentioned, during the pandemic, because I do believe it is such a powerful solution to all of these challenges and, 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 and crisis that we've been dealing with with childcare for so many years. So um, I, I know there's like a secret in the sauce of what June Care stands for. So will you share that and um, and just tell us, you know, a little bit more about how and why you started it um, and, and what and more about what it actually does. Yeah, yeah. Um, so June stands for joining up neighbors everywhere. And so that's where the name comes from. It's also, uh, I have a very good friend who's a graphic designer, and she told me June is a design-friendly word. So it actually, like, that's all came together. <laughs> yes. That's perfect. Um, but what are we doing? So we are a service. We're connecting families looking for childcare with stay-at-home parents who can care for their kids. And it's really the whole concept around it is moms supporting moms in their most important work. So it's putting value on the work that moms are doing in the home when they're caring for kids, but also putting value on the work that moms want to do outside the home or in their careers, even if that's you know working from home. And so, like I mentioned, I thought, let's just bring all the moms together and solve this very hairy problem that people like to talk about. You know, I'd rather just try to do something about it and doing it by um, working community by community. So it started during the pandemic. It actually started out of needs that I had and that my community had. We started organizing childcare swaps. And in a time when you know, the pandemic, people were feeling very isolated. You know, we saw mental health just kind of crashing. Um, very difficult time for kids feeling very isolated and lacking socialization. We felt like we were cheating. <laughs> we were like, why? This is better. Like, this is better than any childcare that we've ever used before. And so it just felt like it had to exist. And, and the word got out, right? Because we were telling people what we were doing and I was finding myself kind of overwhelmed trying to manage like schedules and childcare swaps for the whole community on spreadsheets. And so that was the genesis of, gosh, this feels like it works. It feels like it's hitting a real need uh, on both sides, access to income as well as access to childcare. So let's see if we can expand um, neighborhood by neighborhood. And so we're, we're currently in California. Uh, we're serving about 15,000 families today. We're growing. It's, the company has been around for about a year um, but the most exciting thing to me is just seeing the connections that are happening um, in our community. There's this concept that I love called alloparenting. Have you heard oh, of this? No, I haven't. So it's a it's a kind of prehistory term, but it's this idea that, you know, really the way that we're raising kids today, super isolated in these little like nuclear families is not really how we're supposed to be raising kids. And I think we see that in terms of just, you know, how isolating moms are feeling in particular and particularly stay at home moms. This concept of alloparenting is really refers to how communities used to raise children. So an alloparent is a non-parental adult figure who technical term aids in the breeding of children in the community. What does that okay. actually mean? It meant things like, you know, helping to feed, have helping to um, uh, raise, having to care, care for local kids in the community. And so kids would have their parents and then their allo parents. And I see June care in a way of, you know, using a platform and a monetization opportunity for parents, but really as a way to reconnect communities and re-educate ourselves 
almost in a forced way on how to ask for help and how to provide help to families around us. And it's, it's could be, you could be sinister and say, oh, it's sad that we need like an app to do that. But I choose to look at the positive and say, I don't care what it takes. I don't care what medium we have to turn to. If we can get back to a place where I know my neighbors and my neighbors know my kids and they love my kids and my kids know them and they know they're a safe place. That's really what we're trying to build here. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I have so many questions <laughs> and so many things I want to ask you about and clarify. But first, we're going to take a really quick break and then come back and I'm going to have you answer them all. Sounds good. Why choose a Sleep Number Smart Bed? Because no two people sleep the same. Only the Sleep Number Smart Bed lets you each choose your individual firmness and comfort your Sleep Number setting. The Climate 360 Smart Bed is so smart, it actively cools or warms up to 13 degrees on either side for your ideal sleep temperature. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Special Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. To find a store near you, visit sleepnumber.com. Okay, so before the break, we were talking a little bit about what I interpreted as it takes a village to raise children, right? And I think as moms, we know that um, it is it is hard. I think it is difficult for a lot of people to ask for help. And sometimes I feel like I'm the mom who's always asking for a favor. Oh, can you pick my child up because of this or or whatnot? And I'm like, am I, am I the only one doing this? Because I always say, I'll, I'll return the favor. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know if they just don't need it or if I'm just really good at asking for help. I'm not sure. Um, but it does take a village. And I was just on a business trip to Chicago for a couple of days last week. And I had six moms help me with wow. pick up the drop off because my my husband has a very, um, I don't know, confined job. He wasn't able to take a lot of time <laughs> off to help. So he helped when he yeah. could. And he did rearrange a few things, um, bless his heart. But I needed those moms that my child trusts to pick them up from school, drop them off, take them to swim class or whatever the case was. Um, to help me. And I'm room mom for both my kids' classes at school. And of course, open house was the day of my trip. So I had to oh my gosh. come in and like help set up the room and do all the things that I was supposed to do. And I had to get basically volunteers to come in and do that for me. Anyway, but my whole point is that it took six moms for those three days to help me with my kids and my responsibilities. And, you know, when I think about June care, I think, you know, whether it's um, something, you know, for that you need for work or like for that, you know, three days that I needed, you know, care for, or whether you just want a night out with, you know, your husband or a, a fr- some girlfriends and going out for like a mom's night out for a nice, fun self-care night just to do something for you, um, that June Care is there for all of those reasons. And, you know, it doesn't yeah. have to be eight to five every day. It doesn't even have to be every Monday. It can be very, very flexible with other moms, trusted moms in the area. So I know a question that comes up a lot when I tell people about June care is how do we know that that person that is watching their child safe? Um, you know, are there any background checks or how do you determine who, who can be, I guess, watching the children through your service? Yeah, I mean that is the that's the most important thing. So thank you for asking that. Uh, the June Care team, we're a small team, but uh, most of us are moms and all of us are parents. Um, we kind of have this unstated philosophy that we would never match a family with a host who we wouldn't drop our own children off with. But it is more than that, right? So we do uh, what is better. We do better than best in class screening. 
So our customer success team here at JuneCare, they have combined, I want to say, over 40 years of experience in matching nannies and care providers with families. And so they are very versed in the whole trust and safety process uh, through their that through their different experience prior to June Care. And then they really pushed me to do better because they saw where some of the gaps were in some of the existing platforms in terms of safety checks. So we have a background check, of course. All of our hosts are background checked. Uh, we also do uh, reference checks. So we try to do personal and professional reference checks. We do ask for access to social media accounts um, just so you know we can get a sense of who people are. Gosh, our poor kids. I mean, we just got to teach them, <laughs> educate them about social media. A whole, again, a different podcast. Um, right. But we, we look at that. We also do verification calls. So our hosts will interview with us. Um, it's a great time for us to also build rapport with our host community. I mean, what's so interesting is, you know, these are, these are moms. So they all have childcare experience. And in fact, Probably 80% of our hosts have even professional childcare experience. So former educators, former childcare providers um, before becoming moms. Okay. But, you know, we also want to help them understand, you know, because June care is different. It's a different approach. They have their children with them. It's really meant to be like a paid play date. Um, you know, they, it's flexible. You know, they're not necessarily committing to two years of childcare. Uh, they can pick it up and put it down when they want. And so... We do we do a lot to ensure that our June Care host network is not only safe but also very very high quality. That's really important to us and important to the families who are coming to book care with us. In terms of how people are using June Care, um, it is mostly working moms who are using June Care uh, for hard to fill schedules. So probably like your schedule. Yeah, it sounds like okay. <laughs> I'm like a perfect fit. I'm like you're, you're like. Yeah. Your billboard, you're like the poster child yes. for, for June Care. Your June Care um, mascot. I giggle when I think about you know you requiring six bombs to fill your schedule while you're on. Well, I don't know. It was probably like a three, three or four days. Day trip. Three days. Yep. Yeah, three day trip. Um, because it is, and good for you, by the way, for asking for that help. Because I think the way that especially our generation grew up, you know, we were so fortunate in that we grew up in this environment where we had equal opportunity. You know, we were told like, you can do, be anything that you want to be. Like every door is open to you. And and I don't want to discount that because there was a lot of sacrifice and a lot of work that went ahead of us to make that possible that I'm very grateful for. But not everything came along with us, right? Like, like all the systems didn't come along with us. We're actually still kind of expected to be like room parents and very present moms and at all of the like poem readings of our children while having these amazing careers and successful marriages and beautiful children. And that's all good. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but, but it's really hard to do. And but I, I think it kind of creates this block of if I ask for help, people are going to know I don't have it all together or they're going to know that I actually am not doing everything, you know, full tilt all the time. And I think we I think we just have to change the narrative on that. Um, it's actually part of the reason we introduced the paid model to June care. 
Because there is a theory, you know, if we're going to stay like truly mission focused, do we just kind of make it a platform where people can connect and child swap? The problem with that is if you are the mom who always needs the help, you're rarely the mom who can provide the help. And there is that reciprocity expectation that is appropriate, um, but that does happen. And I, I remember thinking when I was working the nine to five at Intuit, which was always like, you know, seven to six, really. Um, I wish I could just pay my friends, (laughs) you know, to like help with my kids. And that's kind of what we're doing, right? Because you can, you have more freedom to ask for the help, um, when you know you're paying and, and then we handle the payments on the back end. So, cause, cause it can get awkward. Right. And we, we don't want nothing to get in the way of the relationships and the connections and the experience for the kids. But the right. payment kind of relieves the stress on now I need to figure out when I can host your child for a play date next week, um, which is really cool. So we're seeing moms use it uh, really for those hard to fill gaps. We do see it for weekends. Okay. Uh, you know, if you just want to get away or we see it for date nights, we had well, we had a lot of really fun New Year's Eve sleepovers. Oh, how fun. <laughs> for June care, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, it seems, again, just to be serving kind of that that need when people need that flexible help. I love it. And I'm glad you brought that up because I feel like, you know, it is really hard for for parents to ask for help, especially moms. Cause like you said, there's that narrative that if you ask for help, then that means that you don't have it all together or you're not a good enough mom. And then the mom guilt sets in and then mm-hmm. you might cancel your plans because you think, well, I'd rather cancel my plans than ask my friend for help. You know, so I think June Care helps change that narrative that it is reciprocal um, when it can be. And if not, then when you need that help, it's 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 there. It's it's literally waiting yeah. for you. So how does um a mom or how does a parent get started in, you know, in in actually working in, in the service if they want to be a host um and or if they want to, you know, arrange one of these um paid play dates? Yeah. So I invite people to just check us out. Uh we have a website. So it's junecare.co co. Um you actually can go to junecare.com. It used to be a cute Dutch baby sunscreen brand, but they shut down. And so they they gave us the .com, but we haven't migrated. Oh, good. Well, that's but good. It's, so it's junecare.co and it's free uh, to sign up. You can create a profile. So if you're a family looking for care, um, you can come in and just select that I'm a family. And then you can submit a care request if you have a need coming up, or you can just say, I just want to learn more. And you'll be able to see uh, the hosts in your community. Um, We're finding people will often recognize some of their neighbors who have signed up to host. We do encourage families, it's not required, um, but we encourage families to add a profile picture just because it does help people like quickly see, oh my gosh, like Kim's on here, right? um, which is really fun. The host process is a little more involved. So if you want to sign up to host and you can sign up for both, we have a lot of hosts who use June Care and host June Care. Uh, you can come in, you can quickly just by creating an account, you'll be able to see the active and open care requests in your area. So I invite you to just go in and you can kind of get a sense of what's happening in here. Okay. Um, but in order to really match with families or offer to pick up care requests, you do need to create your full profile and go through our host onboarding process. So we are asking things like, we want to know more about your kids. Uh, We want to know more about your home because a lot of, most June care is happening in the host's home. And so we ask for pictures of your home, of your play space. We have a lot of safety questions and safety screening. 
um, that we do. Like if you have a pool, you know, we need to know if that has a fence with a locked gate more than six feet high. You know, there's like a lot of things yes. um, just to ensure the safety of all the sure. kids. But it it only takes probably, you know, 10 minutes to 15 minutes to create your profile. And then from there, you can engage. Um, when care requests come in, if you have a completed profile as a host, you will get notified. So you'll be able to see, you know, Gretchen is looking for help tomorrow from eight to four or whatever it is. And then if that works for your schedule, you can click I'm interested. And then Gretchen will see your profile and any message that you want to send. You can chat directly in the app. Uh, we just launched the ability to video call. Oh, Because so, we found people, you know, it's a great opportunity to kind of like show your home or like meet, get the kids involved right. in the first section. Uh, and then you can ultimately book through the app itself. And as I mentioned, we take care of the scheduling, the payments, and the logistics. Um, we're always there to support and be in the middle if anything comes up. But ultimately, you know, our hosts do it all. We have the most amazing moms on June Care who just are there to help. And it's really cool to see. I love it. And 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 I I have had a lot of moms, you know, talk to me in the past um because they know I'm, you know, like yourself, entrepreneurial and you know, I've started my own brand and my own business and um you know, and they're and I work from home and I have a very flexible schedule now and I've kind of set that up for myself. And you know, they'll say, "Well, I want to stay at home, but I, I need some extra income. I'm not sure what I want to do. I don't have an Etsy to sell things on. You know, I'm not a creative, you know, person or I, you know, whatever the case is, but this would be a great opportunity to stay at home and make some extra income by hosting. Um, you know, so, so tell me more about that. Tell me more about, um, how long the onboarding process typically takes for a host, you know, to go through all the background checks and everything. And then also how the money works is June care set up uh, a minimum wage type thing, or does the host set up what they make? Um, how does that work? Yeah, um, great question. So this is a great opportunity to earn money if you're home with your kids, whether that's you're going to be home full time or you're trying to extend your maternity leave or you're on maternity leave or you're pre-maternity leave. Um, it's really meant to be super flexible. So we have some hosts who, you know, this is their primary source of income and they are doing relatively regular schedules for one or more families every week. And that's awesome to see. And then we also have a lot of hosts who are just kind of, you know, picking up care requests as they come in. In terms of the payments, um, so our hosts set their own rates. So okay. it's really important to us that, you know, we'll, we're happy to provide guidance and you can see in the app itself what other hosts in your area are charging, which is helpful. Oh, that is but helpful. it's really, you know, we, we want to make sure this is a valuable use of your time too. So you set your own rates. There are no fees charged to hosts. Uh, we do take a 10% service fee from families at the time of payment. And so that is kind of how we keep the lights on as June Care. But for hosts, it's, it's totally free. Um, and you can adjust your rate as well based on the care request. So if you're matching with a family that has one child, it might be different than if you're matching with a family that has four children, right? You know, that might be a slightly different rate and that, that is all, all meant to be very flexible. It's really meant to work with the families on our platform. Wow. I mean, I, I could just talk to you forever about this because I think it's such a, a, a wonderful resource and service for, 
speaking as a mom, you know, all the moms out there that that this is such a needed service that I feel like that is helping so many people. I mean, you said you have what, 15,000 families that you already are helping and you're going to be, I'm I'm sure expanding. Um, I know you're mostly in California now, but I know you'll eventually expand, you know, out of state because I think it's just such a need everywhere. And it's such a genius platform, really, you know, um, such a genius idea. No, really, I mean it. it. It's just, it's it's helping so many people. It's giving children the opportunity to have those social, emotional, play-based um, components to their day that they may not get if they're just sitting at home with their parent, you know, on the couch while the parent's working or something, you know. They have that engagement that they get to do. So it benefits the child. It benefits the parent. Um, and I also believe, just you know, wrapping it up, my last thought, going back to asking for help, I do mm-hmm. personally believe as a therapist and as a mom, and I've learned this along the years, and it's hard. I know it's hard because I've been there on the other side. Um, asking for help to me is a form of self-care. Being able to advocate for yourself, asking for you know, you're getting your needs met um, and getting in touch with that, you know just communicating with other parents about the hardships as well as the the highlights i think is is just a really great way to connect with other moms with you know like-minded moms um, in your neighborhood, in your area, you know, might need meet a new friend through self care. One, like you say, might or, you know through June care, it might be yeah. you know, a neighbor or you know someone that lives in the neighborhood that even beyond June care, you know that they can they can connect with other people, which is is great since since momhood, uh, motherhood can be so isolating as you mentioned at times. Yeah, and we're and we're seeing that exact thing happen all the time. We're seeing friendships form between moms and kids and you know, we'll have people message each other on the app to go hang out on the weekend. And that is That's so cool. That is really cool. It's really yeah. cool. And you know, you know this, but there there's one thing to hire a nanny or a babysitter for your children and and that is you have to do that a lot of times and that but to me, that always feels like, okay, I'm a working mom who needs childcare versus when I send my kids to a play date, I feel like an awesome mom. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and the result, the result is the same. You know, I'm getting childcare and I'm having space to take care of myself or get my work done. But there's just something about giving your children that social experience, connecting with other families that just makes it feel like you're doing something good. Yeah. And it's because you are. I 100% agree with that. And I remember once my old boss um, that I worked with before when I was working outside the home said to me, because I kept coming up with excuses to have to leave early or late, coming in late because of something about my child, whether they were sick or whatever yeah. it was. And she just she turned to me once and she didn't have children at the time. And again, no judgment on this, but I mem- I'll never forget what she said to me. She said, why can't you just hire a nanny? And oh my I thought, gosh. I was pre-cringing. I was pre-cringing as you were telling the story. Oh, myself. Okay. But then when I did actually try to look for a nanny specifically, um, again, my schedule, I I didn't have the minimum to meet those nannies needs because, you know, like you said, it's their full-time job or even part-time job. I didn't even have enough hours to fill a part-time nanny's position. Um, And then I had that mom guilt of, oh, someone else is raising my child. I'm a mom, but someone else is raising my child. And that's obviously, you know, makes that mom guilt, you know, um, so big where you decide, okay, maybe I I shouldn't even work at all. Maybe I should just give up my career and things like that. So June care is that solution where you don't have to do that. Like you said, you're doing something good for your kids because you're giving them a fun play date with, you know, and you can feel rested because you trust that person and 
Um, it's just such a great solution. So tell us the website again. It's free. I know to join, you can filter or sort yes. by distance, schedules, rates. You said there's pictures, all the things. So um, junecare.co. Junecare.co. Yep. Okay. And you can follow us on Instagram as well. Uh, it's junecareco. We are, we're kind of sharing more about kind of what's happening. We share a lot of customer stories. So you can hear from people who are using the service, how they're using it, what their experience is. I love uh, it. Yeah. I invite everyone to check us out. I would love that. I hope everyone does too. I hope everyone has a pen or at least, you know, can write this down. It's going on the app right now. I highly encourage you at least to check it out. It's free. So yeah, just, just, check it out. just check it out, see if it fits for you. Um, and if it doesn't, that's okay. But if it does, I mean, what a lifesaver and what a game changer for mom. So again, Gretchen, thank you so much um, for being on the show today and telling everyone about your wonderful company. Oh, Kim, thanks so much for having me. And just thanks for what you do. Too. I learn so much every time I read something you've written or I follow you on Instagram. I learn a lot there and from this podcast as well. So oh, congratulations you. and thank you. You're doing such a service to parents and children everywhere. Oh, thank you. Thank you for joining me today. I cannot wait for you to listen to more episodes. If you are a new listener, I recommend starting at my best of year one episode first. Then make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a thing. And when you love an episode, please leave a review. And if you want to stay connected between episodes, please visit me on social media at The Parentologist and on my blog at theparentologist.com. This podcast is not intended to be a replacement for therapy. If you or someone you know is in crisis, please call 911. Why choose a Sleep Number Smart Bed? Because no two people sleep the same. Only the Sleep Number Smart Bed lets you each choose your individual firmness and comfort your Sleep Number setting. The Climate 360 Smart Bed is so smart, it actively cools or warms up to 13 degrees on either side for your ideal sleep temperature. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Special Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. To find a store near you, visit sleepnumber.com.